Hello, and welcome to season two of the Revenue Marketing Report powered by Caliber Mind. Our goal in the RMR is to help marketers move from subject matter experts to strategic business partners. I'm your host, Kamala Thompson, and today I'm thrilled to introduce Garrett Ernie. Garrett, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Kamala. First of all, thank you for having me. Honored to be here. So I've been in marketing operations my whole career, part op, host spot, Marketo certified, um, and recently, I've decided to stop agency life and uh, start my own freelancing consulting business LLC. All those years of agency experience certainly did me in very well. I've been blessed by uh, working with super talented people, kind of being at the right place at the right time, um, and just you know having the right mentors around me to get me to this point. But I'm here today to talk a little bit about my experience, um, how I got here, the job market, and my experiences interviewing. Awesome. So I know a lot of listeners out there are probably looking for marketing ops professionals right now. The market's really hot, I guess we could say. And uh, we actually met through an interview process. And if we're being honest, well, I, I wouldn't call it an interview so much as checking out what was available <laughs> in Caliber Mind and having a discussion about freelancing. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, funny, yeah. So the story is, um, I, you know, really, when I decided to um, resign from my latest agency job as the director of MarTech, you know, I just thought I could do this on my own. And so that how how do you you know lead generation when you're first on your own it was my thought and you know the market's hot there are jobs on linkedin indeed everywhere posts shared on you know mob slack channels the communities everywhere mops jobs so i applied and i applied to a lot um i was pretty uh, loose with the salary requirements so even if it was posted uh, you know that wasn't my goal and when i saw caliber mind and um you know actually your title it was like i i need to have a conversation with this person um and unfortunately you know um it wasn't a good fit for a full-time role but that doesn't mean, you know, we didn't get a connection out of it and have now have a, you know, working relationship. Right, right. So what I thought was really interesting about that conversation is you brought up considering continuing to freelance and that's the world I came from and I was very bullish on it <laughs> just because there is so much demand out there. But before we go into freelancing, let's talk a little bit from the perspective of somebody who is going through the interview process. What have you seen out there that kind of rubbed you the wrong way and you would advise hiring managers not to do? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, where do I start? No, I mean, I think one of my biggest takeaways is, you know, even just uh, a few weeks ago, I got a reply back from some, um, you know, in-house job that I applied for in December and interviewed in January. And it was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. That's I'm moving at the, you know, we're moving at faster pace than that now. Um, we can't, you know, go that slowly in a sense. Um, what I What I felt, though, during the interview processes themselves, you almost have to have somebody in the room that has that marketing operations background knowledge. And I've worked with a ton, brilliant VP of, VP of marketing, you know, folks, director of marketing, but like most of them will admit they're, you know, they're not the most tech savvy. Maybe they never used, you know, a marketing automation tool hands on. They don't come from a MOPS background like ourselves, but, um, you know, so a lot of it was just a solo, you know, leadership level position and that's great, but we're not really asking, uh, the right questions, in my opinion, to get the most out of, you know, the, is this person really qualified? Can they help me return, you know, this investment if I'm going to hire a full-time MOPS person versus just trying to, you know, um, whether put it to more junior person in-house or, you know, take it external or freelance? 
Yes. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I think I'm in a unique position because I have done ops as a marketing leader and, and that's not always the norm. A lot of, I see people moving more towards revenue operations for marketing operations. So something I've always pushed for and seen rarely is that if you don't have people in-house that can vet somebody's technical abilities, find somebody who does and contract with them to come into the interview process. Would you agree with that? 110%. I would say on, I don't know, eight out of the 10 interviews, 80%, there was not somebody there to even ask the right questions from a technical perspective. Hire somebody off Upwork for three hours of their time if you're doing three interviews just to be there and hear like, you know, I, I, I think we'll get to this in a little bit, but I, I phrase scenarios to prospective candidates in the sense that, you know, it can be as simple as, do you know what a VLOOKUP and pivot table is in Excel? Or it can be as complicated as like, okay, well, why would you never want to put company placeholder in the company field? And obviously because, you know, that's going to show company placeholder and default value you try to overwrite it with won't show because you put placeholder in there. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's different scenarios I like to ask and, you know, Obviously, it's super important to be a good fit with the company. You have to tie it in the, you know what demand generation, lead generation is, you know, all that rep revenue, driving revenue, all that good stuff. But it ultimately came down to me is like, well, this person ultimately is, you know, great and very good at what they do, but they're not asking me the right questions. And why, why that concerns me is like, if this is going to be my prospective boss, are we going to end up in a place where dilly-dallying my thumbs, you know, when we're not moving things forward? Or am I going to move up in a place where we have, you know, disagreements because, you know, there may be a misunderstanding of the tech and what's needed and how long things take. So I would love like uh, I love the background that you have. But to be able to interview, like I could tell right away, you know, Mops and you comes from a Mox background. That just wasn't always the case. And that's that's fine. That's totally fine. But to have somebody there vetting out, you know, those types of scenarios, asking the right questions and even hearing how that person's, you know, talking about whatever it may be, you know, dynamic content or, you know, you know, ask them about to find this, to find that it's, it's easier than we make it out to be. We just don't <laughs> do it. Um, we don't yeah. ask the right questions. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there's a fine balance because I've seen really technical people come in to try to vet the prowess of the candidate and just hammer them the entire time with questions. And it's really important to balance that out with selling the position and the <laughs> Well, yeah, 100%, right, for sure. It can't just be an interrogation, if you will, of, you know, does this person know? That's not going to make the person, even if they do, why would they choose, you know, if they feel interrogated? Or you're taking, you're, you're making them do this long project or multi-step project they're doing on the weekend, you know, they're still trying to work, interviewing you, right? So I think it's a fine balance for sure, but... It's like a, it's a feeling in your stomach, if you will, that you know this person at least knows their core stuff, and then you can build up from there. Like we don't need to know, you know, all the different attribution models and all, you know, um, <laughs> the real complicated stuff. But um, we do need to know the core and build from there. And a lot of the skill sets I look for when I interview for a technical position have more to do with problem solving and requirements gathering and asking the right questions. I think. 
I've hired people in the past who have had the right certifications, but when they get into the role, they have this mentality of, I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do. And oftentimes that's the opposite of what we need for things to be sustainable long run. So what I'm usually looking for are people who are asking really thoughtful questions about the why behind uh, some feature that's being requested. Yeah. Would you agree? I would a hundred percent. And it's about, you know, I know folks have, have used the term button clicker, but you really need to understand what you're clicking and what you're building, right? And I know that comes over time. For the certification, in regard to the certifications, I was actually, you know, well in the agency life before I was certified in anything, um, to be honest, and doing it well. And, you know, I had a boss who said, like, you know, being certified doesn't mean you know, you know, the respective tool, or, to be honest. It's um, true. Yeah, it is. And it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's difficult because when somebody waves a piece of paper, and, you know, gets in there and then you realize, okay, well, like you're saying, if I'm literally telling you step by step what to do and you're not reaching out, even being a good Googler is a, is a pro trait, but like reaching out on Slack channels, communities, asking the right people the right questions. This is what Mops is to its core, right? Take out, take away what all the technology you need to know. But um, that's really what it is because there's going to be something new every day and the technology is going to change, you know, and there's going to be Q1 updates and summer updates and so, you know, whatever it is. Um, so you got to adapt to it and be that type of person. Um, and I, I described it as, you know, um, some folks I work with is, you know, being tenacious one, but don't sit around and wait for something to happen. Um, don't sit around and wait for a project manager to, you know, come to you and tell you to do X, Y, Z. That's not going to be a recipe for, forget about, you know, that role and that position, but your personal success, you know, if you want to do mops long run in the long run. Yeah. And for hiring managers out there. So what we've heard so far is bring in somebody technical to ask the technical questions. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that it doesn't need to be in the tool that you're in. If you have a really talented sales ops person that you respect or somebody who's managing an IT you really respect, bring them in. They can ask questions to get to the heart of how somebody is problem solving and approaching issues. Another thing I see hiring managers do, I think is a really big mistake, is looking for certifications in the specific tool that they have. Because chances are that in five years from now, you're either going to have a different tool or the tool you have is going to look nothing like it does today. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. I couldn't agree with that more. So in, in regard to, you know, having the certifications, again, going back to it, you know, I, I do have all myself, but it's it's about, again, going knowing that core knowledge. Um, and now the MarTech stack, the sales, you know, sales tech stack, it's exploded, right? You couldn't possibly get certified in everything and keep up with all certifications all the time. But what you can do is know the core basics. Um, you know, there's going to be across, like, let's just take, for example, Pardot, HubSpot, Marketo. There's a lot of similarities. There's certainly differences and nuances. They're different companies, right? But, you know, do you know how to build list logic? And do you understand fields and custom fields? And do you understand field types, making sure that's selected right? Do you know where to look for Salesforce syncers if it's connected to Salesforce? Um, and, and, you know, that'd be different, but, you know, how do you handle those syncers may be the same in terms of the processes you put in place to actually block them in the future once you find them and clean them up. But, you know, across the board, you know, let's just take a project, lead scoring, 
attribution, you know, a, a database cleanup, all the tools needed, but how do you handle those type of projects? And that has nothing to do with the certification or a specific tool, right? We got to, you know, create an agenda or even an outline. You know, there's audit workbooks per se, you know, I know it is used all the time, but, you know, documentation is, is probably um, super understated of how important it is. You can document it well and then reuse it. In the future, you're saving yourself a lot of time and favors. Uh, now, it has to be, obviously, when you, you go back and use it, it has to be you know um, to the respective client and tailored. Um, but when you have that core, okay, I can handle this line of projects, you know, here are my long-term projects, here's probably my medium-term wins, and then like, here's quick wins, and you can get that from an audit. And you can get a person to say, you know, and look at it like, not from a tool perspective, but what is wrong with their marketing automation or what, what is wrong with their sales process? Do you understand what the funnel is? You know, um, you know, are they lead, you know, is the lead routing appropriate? Um, you know, we're talking about all that really higher level stuff and then how they're running it. I mean, you're not going to have two clients really with the same tech stack. Yeah. <laughs> you're really not anymore um, with the exact same tech stack. Um, so, you know, it's all about, you know, knowing, uh, understanding, you know, sales sequences. It goes on and on in terms of what you can teach yourself and, you know, teach yourself really or, um, you know, find somebody in, all, um, in, in the, you know, respective field to teach you. But it's about knowing those core concepts and then the tool you'll pick it up, it's, it's just software, right? If you know if you know logic, if you know end or statements, like, you know, you know that your field types, you know, it, you know, maybe slightly different how to do it, but um, that's, that's what you need to do to know those core concepts. Yeah, and I think Jeff Q in a prior episode said it really well and that he's more looking for somebody who can whiteboard a process and understand how things impact each other down the chain. Because really marketing ops is at the very start of the tech stack and everything they do rolls through. And you need somebody who can understand that and work really well cross-functionally to define and get buy-in on things. So like Jeff Q said, I would rather hire somebody who has experience in MailChimp, but has like some pretty, some pretty good process understanding and the ability to really network and get buy-in from other people than I would who's got a bunch of certifications, but I guess has problems making eye contact or, I mean, there are, there are th situations where that's understandable, but you need somebody who can get cross-functional buy-in. For sure. For sure. And that's, you know, it's important to be able to obviously not only analyze, document, um, but also present your information and kind of present it in a way that's digestible, clear and concise and things of that nature and, and understanding, tailored to your audience, obviously. But yeah, so I think you know, the important thing about thinking about certifications is it's not, you know, it's not how many you have and you should be blindly, you know, I no naming names. Like we all know people who fast forward through the HubSpot Academy, you know, there's some ways, there's some ways you can, you know, put it on your LinkedIn profile. Let me like, just say this now, it's not going to do anybody any favors, including yourself. And ultimately what happens is, you know, people know people in this uh, marketing ops and, you know, the community is pretty small. So if it gets out there, you know, we talk to each other, you know, people know who can get stuff done and who can't. 
So if you're a newer, more junior person, we, you know, we need, you know, more, more marketing operations professionals, but do yourself a favor, take the time. These courses are designed for a reason. And the cheat the system is just like, it reminds me of just like high school, like, or, you know, grade school, like you're, there's no penalty per se, but you're not doing yourself any favor. No, no. Reputation is just everything in operations. And yeah, don't be sneaky. That's a great one. So on the hiring side, let's talk a little bit about etiquette, because I think there are a lot of things that are really important. Some things I want to just reiterate that you said earlier that are really great are you want to find a leader that respects the position and will work really closely with you and communicate clearly with you. So if they're honest about not being super tech savvy, but they they know they need the position and they know what they don't know. That speaks volumes to me as opposed to somebody who's trying to bluff their way through an interview. Yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, a huge one as we touched on, but I think it's okay, right? It's okay not to know. I'm not asking, you know, VPs and, you know, CMOs, they have a ton going on. Like, you know, I'm not asking them to, uh, I'm asking them to trust me, right? Trust my opinion. And then when, you know, I'm not a person particularly, and I think a lot of mops people, you wouldn't say something unless you really like, we should really do it this way because it's the best way to do it. It's best part, whatever it is. And if there's the person on the other end, well, no, I think we should do it this way. And, and the, the reason is they just think it's best. You know, there is a big difference. You know, I, I know something, you know, you don't know whether it is this technology or this is going to cause problems down the line, you know, building in the model this way, whatever it is, you know, I just think people need to, in that, in that role and, you know, hopefully one day I'll, you know, I can just so hands off and somebody, you know, have my marketing operations expert, you know, you know, do it all, present the, you know, and sh- screen share and present and the whole nine. But, you know, trust that person. If you're going to hire them, especially for a full-time role, you need to trust them and having control over a marketing operations professional, um, they don't like it, especially if they know what they're doing. We're, we're <laughs> kind of a unique bunch, if you will, but we know what we're doing. We've, we've, been through the lumps to get here um, in the sense we've all made mistakes that have made us better, especially in the beginning of our careers. So when you have somebody, I, you know, I totally respect, you know, the boss employee relationship, you know, you obviously need to be in a respectful way, but if it comes to a point where, you know, that person in the, the higher up in the marking level isn't respecting your opinion on it, on it, you know, weekly, whatever it is, um, over and over again, or, you know, there's things said like, well, you know, this is higher than you or whatever it is, and this is the way we do it, you know, something like that. It's, it's you know, marketing operations has become really more respected over time, and it's only going up in terms of that nature, in terms of respect rankings. Um, I think it's, you know, it's the reason why we're in the hiring situation we are. But it's just like, let you, your employee, um, your MOS professional do what they do best. And, you know, if there, there's always, you know, disagreements and discussions, and that's great. And I'm not one to say, you know, get into somebody else's business per se. I'm not going to go to the head of content and say, I think we should write this way. Um, or the, right. you know, the head of strategy, <laughs> like, you know, I think, you know, or, or go to my, you know, uh, CEO and say, I think we should run the company this way. Or, you know, even, you know, from a lead gen or demand gen team's perspective, I think we should do this or that. 
I'm not going to do that. It's not so much staying in your lane. There's always cross functionality between the teams, and that's great. But when you're in that position of a VP plus, just trust. It, it makes it makes the mops person particularly feel like I think like they're not trusted or respected for the very difficult job that they do. And there's a lot on the line. And when you have a good a good mops person, you don't really need it. Like if you don't if you don't hear from the mops person, like that means things are probably going pretty well. When they start bringing your name up a lot, that means probably things are happening that are crashing or you know causing issues emails being you know sent list errors whatever it is but trust that person because i think what's happening now is marketing operation professionals know they can go elsewhere and oh yeah and they know they can even go freelance if they really wanted to so i mean it's not it's not anymore like some people love to stick around but like everybody knows in the mops world now you know there's it's not a secret anymore you know there's tons of positions you know the the, the, uh, the uh supply yeah or yeah, the demand outweighs the supply oh for sure for sure and i think we see a lot of people in operations very frustrated because I think sometimes the leadership team doesn't realize that agency is something everybody wants and people are driven by similar things. So if you put yourself in their shoes and people are throwing them projects at the last minute instead of involving them in the planning process or people are going out and buying a bunch of technology without involving them and then they find out that it doesn't integrate with your core systems and these problems keep happening over and over, you're going to have somebody who leaves. And I think there needs to be some onus on the marketing operations side too. Like we need to learn how to manage up and stay connected in those conversations. Now, it's one thing if you're being blocked and the person's consistently not communicating communicating what the key business objectives are and what kind of initiatives they're going to be running in the next quarter. Like, there needs to be shared ownership. And if you're truly not getting buy-in, you can go somewhere else. So I think those are really good points. Yeah, for sure. And I, I love your point about not being involved, you know, in those conversations. And sometimes, you know, the excuse is, well, we can't double bill the hours. Well, who would you rather, you know, in a sense, like, would you rather have that person on, especially in the beginning to say, whoa, 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 whoa hey, like, this isn't going to, or we have to do this, we have to bring in a Zapier, whatever it is. By the time it gets to you, it's just like, okay, build this out. And it's like, well, we didn't really go through these pre prereqs together, did we? So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would yeah. you rather have it blow up when it's just about to go out the door? Or would you rather have somebody come in early and fix all those things so it can roll out smoothly? I mean, it's it's a no-brainer to me, but I've seen it happen over and over. Yeah, and there's often a lot of people on those calls, too. So I think, um, you know, but in the beginning, there's got to be at least the, have a pull, pull just the marketing operations person aside and get them a 30 minutes, you know, to ask the questions with the client and a few other key stakeholders. That's all. Yeah. Something else I've seen over and over, you're going through the interview process and as a test to make sure you can do what you say you can do, you get a multi-step project. I have opinions on this. I'll let you go first. How do you <laughs> feel about the uh, homework assignment um, during interviews? Yeah, I, I, I don't do it personally. Like at this, I think like um, there's a stage of your career where that's almost an insult um, and that's not you know necessarily the the employer knowing you know maybe they don't know how your status or whatever it is but i i wouldn't recommend it at all um i think 
there's a scenario to do it, but we, again, like going back to my point earlier, you can't get back to me three months later. I don't even remember interviewing with you or two months later. You're, you know, it's kind of, we're in this microwave society. That includes interview, especially for, you know, marketing operations, you know, at this time, especially. I feel like it goes back to our original statement about if you bring in somebody who understands the technology and can ask good questions, you don't need to do the test. Yeah. You just yeah. don't need it. And yeah. then the other piece is like, I've had people with certifications blow up at me for asking them simple questions. Those people need to understand that there are plenty of people with certifications who haven't done the groundwork. Yeah. And that question catches them up. So <laughs> both very good points, both very good points. I just think with the multi-step though, right? Like, Okay, if you want a project, like you got to give it to them in a. There's no part A, part B, part C. I mean, give them a small take-home test, you know. And and again, is it, it's answering those. Can you do you understand the difference between A and B? You know, can you do C? Like, I mean, it's not. You you should be able to tell again from those conversations. But if you're giving somebody a test. You're probably not awfully overly comfortable with their skill set. And then if you get it back and you're giving them something else and then you get it back. And even if like that person is very at, at some point, the, that person throws their hands up in the air or they already moved on because somebody else hired them at, at the yeah. rate you were offering them. So, yeah, yeah, it's a um, interviewees market. I guess. Yeah. You say. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No, uh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think it behooves uh, hiring managers to make the process as quick and simple as possible. If they don't have a good feeling about somebody, it's time to move on. And then if you don't make the investment to bring somebody in who's technical to interview, just expect you're going to make some mistakes during the hiring process that you'll learn from. And you need you need to just admit your mistake and move on as quickly as possible. Yeah, no, and that's, hey, it's not an easy job, you know, from the hiring manager's perspective to get, you know, we're feeling the heart, but like, it's not easy, right? I mean, from both sides of it, I'll be fair, it is, you know, hard, but this is why we're having this conversation, you know, to actually maximize your chances of getting the right person and, and not making the, you know, it's so much hiring and firing sometimes when you get the wrong person, you know, just it's about maximizing it. it nothing's a hundred percent, right? Like yep. we, we, it's maximize your chances to get that right person. And with all these court, like court traits and like, you know, again, like being a always learning mentality and just like a problem solver, like those are things you need to, you know, ultimately five years from the higher, you know, even a year, like that person's still with you and they made a tremendous amount of progress. Right. And if you had somebody in mobs walk out on you and you're backfilling their position, chances are you're working with an agency and most agencies will happily, for billable hours, participate in the interview process. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's, uh, yeah, agency, you can find somebody technical and pay them an hourly rate um, better than an agency to do that type of work. But that's the, everybody, you know, agencies, everybody has an opinion on agencies. You know, they're very successful. Most of them, they're very popular. And I think it's, you know, because a lot of these companies have nowhere to go and nowhere to turn. They don't have the set expertise in-house or they don't have time to ramp somebody up or junior or they just, you know, nobody, the person they do have doesn't have time. So, yeah, it is a, a hourly rate, which are 
getting uh, higher and higher as, as oh my goodness oh. <laughs> yeah it's, not, it's really something anymore but I think uh, from that perspective like you can find quality help elsewhere and I think it's like again knowing the right people networking and then like getting uh, what do you really need from that person or you know determine that and then is it a long-term short-term like project relationship think of those type because like if somebody's super talented but let's say they're somewhat rude whatever it is you know you maybe you can handle them for a, a two-week project but you don't want to you know hire them as a full-time or even a long-term agency or anything like that so if you are going for an agency just remember you're going to be spending more money that way in the long run and when you're looking for an agency look for one that's goal is to leave with with you in better shape and doesn't hide their secret sauce <laughs> yeah, yeah, so no, that for you're sure. you're stuck using them forever. And my pitch is, you know, and, and it's not a pitch. And, you know, I guess I fall in that agency category. I hope to be, you know, right now it's just myself at Poppy's Decade, you know. But I trust me, myself, and I, you know, and I'll, I'll eventually hopefully bring in people I trust and you know, pass all those things we just talked about, pass those tests. But, you know, it, it's really it's really about do we do we look at the situation and say, okay, well, if I, you know, pitch my services and this, that, and the other thing. If I'm the client, if I'm, let's just say, a software vendor, I need HubSpot help, whatever it is, I want to like talk to somebody who's actually doing the work or at least know that person or meet that person. But when I go to somebody now, and again, not, you know, agency, all there's all different types of agencies. I just strictly focus on tech, MarTech, sales tech. But it's like, okay, I'm going to document everything we do. Not only are we just going to record everything and get it and throw it over the fence, but I'm going to create Loom videos for you and small tutorials. And my emails are going to, I'm going to take time to really, you know, lay it out clear and concise and not just throw it over the fence and slide it down. So the next person that comes in, you can hire a junior person. And one of the services, you know, is that's growing popularity is just training, you know, um, whether it's a, a marketing agency, you know, needing to train their more junior mops folks or you know there's folks on the team um you know at an in-house place that they have like you know they have the all those things you know those subsets of a quality mops person we talked about but they just need more like hands-on training and it's it's that type of you know how we empower the next generation and even help you know all these companies and ironically, agencies, you know, scale up to a level where we can train the next generation, if you will. So it's I couldn't agree more. I'm all about like I tell, I'm not trying to hide anything. Right. I'm trying to be as transparent and help you get the from so you can handle this one day on your own internally. You know, I don't want to be around, you know, five years from now. In a sense, I do. But I would also love to see growth where you can move on and hire somebody in-house because ultimately, you know, that's going to save both an agency and an in-house money, and everybody likes that. Yeah, thank you for being one of the good ones, because seriously, I just, there's two mentalities out there that I've seen in the market. One is they want to make their client as dependent on them as possible and maintain that relationship as long as possible, but the company they're working with feels like a hostage, or you can delight your customers, set them up for success, and get referrals. And that's always how business grows. Oh, yeah. HubSpot inbound methodology. You know, delighted. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm I mean, sure. yeah. And it's 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 sad. Um, 
you know, it's there's always like you know um, two sides of every story, precise. So I don't, but, but I don't like to lock folks into like a, a you know long term contract because what if you know things do go awry or something happens with the person, let's say you know they go out sick for an extended period, whatever it is. Like I don't like to do that, but when you th- they'll come back, right? Like it's not you know there's always going to be plenty of work, like uh, that, like the you know the implementation project is completed. Okay, where we go from there? I mean, so if you delight them in that experience or, you know, your first part, they're always going to come back. So lock them in and, like, you know, um, it doesn't make them, yeah, I've seen it from both sides. You know, there's, and, like, from a human being perspective, I think, you know, it's, you're secretly more respected or disrespected in a sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. So, Garrett, I love asking this question. What would you go back in time and tell your past self when it comes to career advice? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, again, very fortunate and blessed to be in this position. Had great mentors and people who, you know, took time to actually have their personal schedule to help me. And there's too many people to thank. But if I go back and look at it, I would tell myself to, you know, calm down. It's a marathon, not a sprint. (laughs) And I, sometimes I bottle my emotions up and like, you know, let them out in one swoop. And that was, you know, not in a positive way. I've grown from those experiences, right? Like we've all done things we regret, especially in the workplace. I feel like more than ever, you know, job people are changing jobs and things like that nature. But I mean, I've been both in-house and at age, you know, before the agencies last four or so years, it was in-house and you know at the end of the day you know i i don't think it was anything more than i was just really bored and at the time in 2016 or so um it wasn't as understood um you know i I remember when i was leaving the company believe it or not there was you know you had to go through hr and you know there's some more senior level folks and you sign some you know so they're like yeah i was basically explaining why I left and the HR lady kind of looked at me and kind of said something like, well, I don't even understand what you do. And, yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, exactly. Okay. And, and exactly. Yeah. And I wanted to say like, and I, I was there like explaining my side of the story, like, and what, you know, it did, there was a little bit of salary just, you know, disputing things of that nature. But, and I want to say like, well, I don't understand what you do at this point. Like I'm coming to you with like, it's not your job to understand what somebody does at the HR role. And then like, you know, and then the, the senior guy behind her, you know, he was like, no, you'll be all right, man. You know, Pardo. And I'm like, all right, this is probably the right breakup. You know, not it's part of <laughs> it's part of like you know. We, I'm so I'm gonna head out. And they they were part of you know. We I migrated from host spot to part of and the whole nine. But so I just think when we you know sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and say, well, I'm not at point where I want to be. But are you at the point where you're working every day to get there? And I you know every day is I'm trying to learn something, and that's how I've taken that mentality and it's got me here. And like. It's not just about, you know, billing hours and, you know, it's about helping people out. You know, it's about, you know, personal learning. Do you have that type of mentality? But going back to helping people out, again, obviously not naming names, but I've been in multiple times where there's been, you know, tears. um, And that person is, you know, so upset because there's so much on the line from a revenue perspective, usually how that's tied to marketing. And when there's a mishap on the marketing side and then it leads to sales team complaint. So, and then like, you know, to bring them back up 
there's so many of these VPA marketing that depend on agencies. They're, they're not like they depend on this person so they don't have to worry about. That's why they're paying these fees. But when somebody has that moment and I, we've all been there where it's like, this is horrible. You know, I'm gonna, this is, you know, a huge mistake, whatever it is having that day. First up, what can I do to help? And to see them let that emotion out. And obviously nobody wants to do that in front of anybody else, but that's how emotional it can be sometimes. But what's really on the line with marketing is the money <laughs> and pushing it to sales. That's what I think, you know, you know, the general, you know, everybody thinks advertising, but that's a whole different discussion. But to actually help people make a career out of it, make a hobby out of it, you'll do great. I mean, there's there's plenty of opportunity. There's plenty of, you know, there's all different tools out there. I mean, again, I just think looking back on your former self, can you say, you know, did I treat it like a marathon to get here? Or did I treat it like a sprint? And I would say 98% of people who are what they deem successful is they tra- treat it more like a marathon. They realize right out of college they weren't going to be the VP of marketing or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, they, they took it slow and steady. And looking back on some of my mistakes, like, I just think I bottled some things up too much and then let it out and then, like, <laughs> bottled it up and let it out but and treated it like a, a sprint mentality at times. But looking back on it now... It's all about, you know, slow and steady. Well, Garrett, where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, thank you for asking that. So it's poppystechaid.com. And we have a website. We have a LinkedIn account, Facebook, so no Instagram. But yeah, I, I encourage everybody to go to poppystechaid.com. We offer a couple core services. It's Ask Poppy. You know, that's just like getting a Loom video back of a quick question or knowing you want you want some more information in the screen share or whatever it is. Um, we have the training I talked about. That's both from a B2B and a B2C perspective. So maybe wow. you're an individual that is trying to have a career out of it. You know, we can work something out where um, I know plenty of folks like we can train you up, get you a job and you can, you know, let's just get say get a percentage of your, you know, your certification or, or training back. Um, and then from a B2B perspective, it's like you're paying somebody, right? You know they have the ability. Maybe they're struggling a little bit. Let's just get them trained up. Well, you don't need an agency to do that. Um, you know, we pay somebody who has extreme knowledge, training, loom videos, clear documentation, um, including emails, and get them trained up. And then, you know, that's it. And then they'll come back again. If you delight them, they'll come back for something else eventually. So I think, you know, with, with Poppy's Tech Aid, you know, that's it was all about helping giving folks a different option and like the the thought is like there's a lot of time and money wasted on modern tel- martech and sales tech i think that's not a secret anymore um so let's look at a couple different ways we can do it by and my vision is to build up you know folks who can actually do mops and stop like you know making it such a niche specialty so that's that's the plan so thank you for asking Wonderful. So for those of you who are listening and enjoy the podcast, please tell two friends, rate, review, and subscribe. It does make a difference. And for those of you looking for more great content like this, check out calibermind.com.